0: This podcast is brought to you by it Go to Onnit.com and look at the great selection of supplements. If you find something you like, press in code Joey and get 10% off delivered right to your house. What's happening, you bad motherfuckers? It's Monday, the 20th of February. The joint is brought to you by Manscaped. Listen, if you're still using ball trimmer on your face, listen up, you fucking savages. I love you. Manscaped just announced a brand new beard edger. The beard hedge is cornless, it's waterproof and you can shave anywhere, and it gives you 20 different hair cutting lengths, from Mr. Clean to Grizzly Adams to everything in between. Plus, Manscaped is thrown in there specially formulated beard shampoo and conditioner which i'm gonna give to lee designed to moisture reduce ingrown hairs and replace natural oils impress your lady when you finish off with Manscaped's beard oil and beard balm forget about it she's gonna fucking kiss you to death and since manscaped wants you to have all the tools for the job they're throwing in a beard brush a comb and scissors to make you look tip top Magoo. So do me a favor. I'm going to get you 20% off and free shipping. That's big with code Diaz, D-I-A-Z at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. Use code Diaz, D-I-A-Z. The joint is also brought to you by Stamps.com. Listen, get ahead of the competition by using Stamps.com. Stamps.com lets you print your own postage and shipping labels right from your home or office. If it's ready to go in minutes, you understand me? I've been with Stamps.com for over 10 years. My wife still uses them tremendous. With Stamps, you can easily schedule pickup and compare carriers and weights with a click of the button. Print postage, whatever you do business, all you need is a computer and a printer stamps.com even sends you a free scale so you'll have everything you need to get the party started set up your small business large business for success when you get started with stamps.com today monday sign up with promo code joey for a special offer that includes a four week trial free postage and free digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts just go to stamps.com click the microphone at the top of the page And enter Code Joey, bitches. The joint is also brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Liquid IV. Stay hydrated no matter what's going on. Liquid IV is very easy to use. One stick of Liquid IV hydrates two times faster than water and has five, five essential vitamins. The Concord Grape tremendous the strawberry tremendous the sour apple tremendous oh my god they got so many flavors you'll lose your mind they're gluten-free dairy-free soy-free liquid iv contains three times the electrolytes of traditional sport drinks so get the party started today you could grab liquid iv in bulk nationwide at costco or uncle joey's gonna give you 20 percent off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code joey at checkout again That's liquidiv.com. Use code Joey at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop. Better hydration today using promo code Joey at liquidiv.com. Now, without further ado, I'm here with Lee to drop some knowledge on you motherfuckers on a Monday morning. What up, you bad motherfuckers? It's Monday the 20th of February. Uncle Joey here with my main man, Lee Syatt. What up? Celebrating my 60th fucking birthday. It was phenomenal. We ate mushrooms. We went bowling. We fucking went to Carvel. We did it all. You understand me? We did it all. Lee's basically recovering. He had to come over and drink a liquid IV oh, this that morning. Liquid
1: IV, that saved me. He's still on the target now. What's oh, that? They have them at Target. Oh, yeah, they have them
0: at Target, but I got them cheaper. Oh, If you go to liquidiv.com, forget about it. I save you 25 fucking percent, Jack. But those things will save your life. When you're stoned, you know, I didn't want to talk about that because Liquid IV is a great company. But if you got one too many bungs in you, or one too many edible in you, or one too many chocolate mushrooms, or just mushrooms all together, and maybe ate some badass last night, Liquid IV got you. You understand maybe me? Maybe all of the above. All of the above. You wake up with that pubic dry mouth, you spit the hairs out, you pop in a fucking pina colada Liquid IV, 16 ounces of water. Who the fuck is better than you? You understand me? But no, it was great. We had a. It's been a fucking wild ride because last week I wasn't sad about it it was just a number to me but it really is like a fucking major thing like yeah. 60 like it's like and the funny thing is guys where did it go
1: You said something funny and I was thinking about it you said like you felt like you were in your 20s still like like I think about I don't feel any different than I did when I was 18
0: you know, listen, man. You you <laughs> wake up in the morning feeling pretty fucking good. I have bad days, and I got good days. You know, tomorrow is going to be a bad day because yeah. I went to two jujitsu oh. <laughs> and two lifts in four days. That's not what I should be doing. So the next two days I'm going to be fucking hurting. When we were younger, you know, I could run all fucking day, seven days a week, and not even have maybe get a splinter. <laughs> from jumping a fence or something like that, you know. I mean, those differences.
1: Right. What about mentally, though? Like, I don't feel any different mentally.
0: Well, you're fucking 30. You shouldn't be there. I don't
1: know. I still feel like, like if you told me I was 18, <laughs> even if you.
0: Even if you're fucking retarded, I give you one of these edibles, you're going to feel good about yourself within three <laughs> or four minutes, you know. It's a no fucking brain. I mean, but no. all. I feel better now than I did in my 40s because I was waking up on cocaine. Right. That's a horrible, horrible feeling in the morning to wake up and your body feels like you get a little fucking electrical shocks and shit. You know, liquid IV couldn't help that shit. No. Not the electrical (laughs) shocks.
1: Liquid IV can do a lot, but...
0: But, man, no. You know, now I've been really taking care of myself. Yeah. You know, when you go on the road, guys, and I I don't think about it then. You don't think about it while you're doing it. But I'm going to give you a short fucking... You do... There was a time when we did the morning podcast. We got up at six, 545, it five forty-five. Yeah, started at six. Yeah, started at six, four forty-five, and then we, uh, and then I'd have to fly, and then early on Thursday morning, or oh yeah, Thursday morning, I would leave at six, and then Friday I'd have to do radio, and then Saturday you do two shows at the club. You get out of that one, you set the alarm for four because again when you're 20 you don't need to sleep like when i went on the road with joe and ari and duncan there was no sleep we'd finish the two shows and hang out in the hotel lobby till because why sleep it's 4 hours why sleep what a waste of time well when you get older you need those four <laughs> fucking like, I'll hours. Take those four hours and even those 4 hours you know this is why i can't stand connecting flights in the morning i don't mind taking a connecting flight out but in, when you're coming back, you just work five days. You, you're walking on fucking, you know, and I still remember two distinct airports. Number one is Chicago. When you got two, three hours of sleep and you got to fly through Chicago and connect, it's a fucking, you know, and Chicago's always your plane lands in another city where the gate is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you got to sprint there and shit. That's one situation. But I think the toughest airport for me to ever connect through was Detroit.
1: That that one is terrible. I did
0: that. Detroit it's not that it's terrible. It's a beautiful airport and yeah. it's pretty modern. It's got like this avant-garde art. Has a train up top. There's a train up top. But when you walk underneath,
1: yeah,
0: and you gotta go through the avant-garde thing and you on and you're on ten hours of sleep plus six shows plus three early mornings, you're in the twilight zone. And you don't know how really close you are as a human being to just dying. You really don't. Your body is wiped the fuck out. And now you're going to get on another plane, whatever, three hours from Detroit. And I'm not complaining here, but I'm just giving you the reality. These are the biggest differences I saw. Thank God I was smart enough as I got older to force myself to go to sleep on Saturday nights. That's where the edibles and the Xanax came in. Because I could not take a chance and not fall asleep. Now, think about this. Think about eating a Xanax and waking up three hours later.
1: Oof, you're boy. still pretty much in it.
0: You're done. You're done, and you're walking through an airport. You know, that's why when I talk to comedians, a lot of them go, I left my wallet at the airport. I left my belt at the airport because you're fucking asleep, guy. Well, and because you didn't
1: even really fully paint the picture. When we started the podcast... It was Monday Wednesday started at 6. So it was Sunday night you weren't sleeping and Sunday you were just coming back from the road. So you weren't sleeping Sunday night. Monday night maybe you could sleep. Tuesday night you couldn't sleep. Wednesday night you had to leave Thursday morning and then Friday you had the radio. So you had maybe two nights a week
0: you could And sleep. I didn't respect sleep. I did not respect sleep. You just don't. When you're young, you're like, fuck it, I'll sleep when I'm dead. You know, and that's, hey man, I ain't mad at you. I ain't fucking mad at you. But you have no idea how much it weighs on you. Not to mention the alcohol, the reefer, the edibles, a family. You know, as I got older, I couldn't deal with everything. And listen, there was a lot on my fucking plate, guys. But that's the differences I see that my mind comedy wise during the week it's dead when lee comes around my mind wakes the fuck up we cracked some fantastic jokes this week we talked about snorting shoe polish and fucking you know making a shirt for jewish people uh shoes with parachutes yeah because if you live in israel and palestine (laughs) throws a bomb on you you're up in the air you don't die from the flight you die from the land But if they bomb you, you fucking and you're up there like the guy from Wakanda forever with your little fucking heels flapping around. I'm looking for those fucking shoes. Those are the shoes I'm looking for. So we're gonna invent a new Jewish shoe. Yeah, it's gonna call Jewish Pride, and these fucking shoes have parachutes and something else. We
1: we were gonna have a yarmulke with a propeller too. A
0: yarmulke with a propeller, so that saves you a little fucking. As soon as you hit the bomb, you put the safety helmet on.
1: Oh, I love it.
0: Friday night, we were throwing some heat in this fucking basement, talking about drugs. And we're gonna make a new shirt, Jewish Power, yeah, Jew Power, Jew Power, and sell them because that's big. We gotta fucking, you know, yeah. yeah, another fuck Kanye, another one with Kanye and the Great Wall, and the and uh, Egyptians are stepping on them and shit, or Palestine, whatever the fuck they are. I don't yeah, know, all of it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. We were fucking throwing heat, but there was a
1: merge line, yeah.
0: But my mind doesn't get like that. Am I forgetful? Yes and no. I gotta be honest with you. Yes and no. If I tell you I'm gonna call you back, you know, and you remember, but you remember six hours later. You remember when you look at your phone and go, "Fuck," he asked me for a size. I gotta call him back (laughs) seven hours ago. That kind of shit. But no, I'm tired. You know, my knees. Listen, man. When I I've accepted you accept it after a while. You have to do the math in your head. Oh my knee feels weird. It's a fifty year old knee. Fifty fucking years old. What do you think it's supposed to feel like when you were eight? Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's so I I understand all those functions.
1: Right, but then on the other like like you're saying you're taking taking better care of yourself. Like you're a lot wiser now. I'm not calling you but you know, you you're better prepared, you can like you can do different things that you couldn't do at thirty or forty.
0: No. Listen, man, you lose little things, but you work with with what you got. You know, I was very discouraged from even going to jujitsu. And the most motivational jiu jitsu guy I looked at him and it's John Jock. He's missing fingers from birth. And he didn't quit. He went in there and said, I gotta make it work for me. And that's very impressive. So did anybody see the last Rambo?
1: Uh huh.
0: It's very violent. The last Rambo he made, it was the end of the Rambo series, and it was very violent. And when you watch that movie, you see a, a gentleman that's old, so he knows he can't hand-to-hand combat you. He knows he's going to get beat up, so he has to outwit you with his mind. He put grenades and he put the doors one-on-one. On one. You know He put music for him and he shot arrows. He kept everybody at his distance, but he worked from his strengths. And that's what you could do. But that's what you could do throughout your whole life because we're not all 100%. So why not look at your weaknesses, accept them, and go, okay, my strengths I have to overpower my weaknesses. I'm still going to work on my weaknesses, but I got this strength. Let's work with what we have.
1: I was thinking about this on the drive up yesterday, because my cousin called me, and he, he's, he's th- moving back from L.A. To, to the East Coast, and I was thinking about it because I hate, like, when you have, like, a decision like that to make, like, should I move back, should I sw- switch jobs, should I break up with somebody, should I, like, a, like a life decision like that, I don't, I, it freaks me out, and I don't, know, I don't know how to make that pick and, like, look at my weaknesses and my strengths, like... And I was thinking about, like, your birthday, you must look back at, like, decisions you've made throughout your life. Like, how, like, and you don't seem to have that problem making decisions.
0: Because I made a lot of bad ones.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> when you've been making bad decisions all your life, eventually you hang in there, you start making good ones, you know? Mm-hmm. We all make bad fucking decisions, and the younger we are, we make the worst decisions. We make the worst ones we don't know. But, you know, the one thing I read when I reread the book mm-hmm. that I wrote with Erica, I read about how many times I started. And it was it got me a little bummed out. You know, I would start over. Like, I would pick up my thing and move across town and start with a, a, a clean slate.
1: Why would that bum you out?
0: It never really bummed me out that much because I would fuck up. So I was forced to learn how to pick up the pieces all my life, you know. When you keep fucking up, it's like a fucking nightmare. And after a while, you're like, I can't do this no more. It's not that you get wiser or smarter. You're like, I cannot keep doing this anymore. I can't keep dropping my phone. I can't keep going back to this fucking girl. It's just ruining my life. You just pick yourself up. And the more you do that, you start getting confidence in your decisions. And all your decisions now, you know, it's like when we talk about comedy. I, I love comparing comedy to life mm-hmm. because we've always said that there's great joke writers. And I, I bet you it happens with music, you know, musicians, especially writers. You, what are we talking about here? About uh, <laughs> making decisions. You, let me see, what the fuck. When you go up on stage, you have these jokes that you write. hmm And sometimes you go up there, I was was talking to one of the guys from Patreon, and he said he went to do a show, but they were all yuppies, and he opted out, you lost, you lost, because you judge the audience, and when you're a young comic, you go up on stage, and you have this joke you want to do, and it's fucking dirty, and you want to rock their world, but then you look over, and you see a fucking grandpa. Right. With white hair and white, and his and his wife's got white hair, and they're drinking water. And you're like, you know what? I'm gonna crack this joke, but I'm gonna crack it scared. It's like when you throw a rock and you duck. You could throw a rock two ways. You could throw. When you watch those Palestinians throw rocks, <laughs> they don't throw rocks scared. They take the rock and they go, "Fuck you, Alibaba," and they throw it. <laughs> but if you pick up the rock and throw it like with your head up, it's not gonna go. Right? Okay. Same thing happens for a joke. you got to stand behind that joke. It's This is not a punch, and it hurts more than a punch. It hurts more than a fucking punch. To be, I'd rather get punched in the face when you have those specific jokes that you want to crack, and you crack them, and it's a good joke, but guess what, pussy? You're not standing behind your joke. If you want to learn how to stand behind your jokes, you watch a man named Doug Stanhope. He'll teach you what I'm talking about. But it's the same in life. You have to stand behind your decisions. So the only way you could be confident about a fucking decision is if you've done it before or been in this situation. Right. You know, when we were moving here, I was I wasn't worried about them. This is the first time I had to bring two other fucking civilians with me. This wasn't the <laughs> this wasn't the Joey show of late where I just said I owe Lee two thousand, I owe Mike ten thousand. It's time to leave town, <laughs> and I just left. Those days are over because I got cargo now. So that was a lot of pressure to move here because what if I let her down and what if I let the kid down? What if the kid was more, but I'm like, this is Jersey and I have faith in the neighborhood pro And it's not the neighborhoods that I grew up in, but that community is still in there. So I made a good choice. Was it a good choice for me? Do I feel the same way I did in LA? No, I've had a, I've struggled here the last two and a half years, but I'm getting better. I, I struggled mentally because... Decisions. Decisions. Same thing we were talking about, you know. I love stand-up comedy, but I got no urge to get in the fucking car and go do a spot. If you can't do a spot for free, why go commit to a paid spot? So I know that. I fucking know these things. But to get back to you, it's the same thing in life, man. When you say fuck you, you got to stand behind it. If you if you're arguing with your girlfriend, you're like, "That's it, we're done. I'm never gonna call you again." You call it three days later, right? You defeated the fucking the whole patois, the whole goddamn thing, you know. And but that like that's the hard part for
1: me is like, st- like when I think of st- what "stand by your decision" means, it's like you're like, "Okay, this is like this is it, and this is why I'm doing it." But my brain, once I make a decision, my brain will come up and, and be start
0: like, fucking with you. Well,
1: what about this way? And yeah, it's like
0: then I- it's time to w- read the Stephen book again about the, the War of Art, yeah. or the Art of War, whatever, not the zunzu one, right? Because it's that. It's getting that stupid, listen, the reason why I was struggling, I would struggle the last couple months is because there were days I could go to jiu-jitsu and I wouldn't. Because I would let my fears, I would go, wow, I'm going to go there and I'm going to breathe, and I'm not going to be able to breathe, and then tomorrow I'm going to be sore, and I wouldn't go. And guys, at one o'clock, I'd be fucking furious at myself. That you didn't go? But it goes back to anything I ever did before. I remember one time I was doing comedy maybe four years, and I did something and left with a girl from a comedy thing, and it was no big deal. It was an open mic. I wasn't getting paid, you know. That bothered me for a long time. I'd rather go up there and bomb than not do the fucking spot. Right, I'd rather go up there and bomb than not do a spot and not know, not know what could have happened. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like you going with your electric guitar, you're going to go play nirvana, and you get there and there's a bunch of cowboys, and you're like, God damn it, I don't have my Johnny, I don't have my Johnny Cash hat, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, it, it panics you man. but go back Blues brothers, 1982. <laughs> they walked into the bar, they opened up playing, whatever the fuck it was. And the people started throwing bottles at them yeah. and shit. They turned the lights off, they regrouped, and they sang Rawhide. They Man. figured it the fuck out, and then they won them over. The guy's like, that's the best show we've ever seen. And that was when Belushi had the whip and shit, and he's bugged <laughs> <laughs> it. The chick is smoking the cigarette, and it knocks it out of her hand, all that stuff. Like, you know, it's like a commitment. When you make those type of decisions, you have to make a commitment to yourself and go, it's all going to work out.
1: And then did you ever run into a situation like that again where like you were thinking
0: about not going up? Always. Every fucking time I went to do comedy, I would in the hotel room (laughs) on Saturday. I would figure out how can I slip on a banana peel and not do this fucking show? You know, you always have that fear in you. But if you let that fear win, then you're done. You're never going to get nowhere in your life. You just got to close your eyes and go, I'm going to do this and do it. And the more you keep doing that to yourself, you get in the the thing of fucking, listen, one of the best anecdotes I ever heard was on that fucking show with the Lakers on HBO. Oh, yeah. They were driving back with his daughter and she was asking him a question. He goes, you see that plane right there? Because a lot of people don't notice that when a plane starts to go down, they shut the engines off, and it just free-falls or some shit like that. But they couldn't sell a lot of tickets if they told uh, the audience that, the consumer that. Right. He goes, it's the same thing in fucking life. If you don't fly, you're never going to fall. Wow. So if you don't go for it, and guys, there was nobody. Listen, man, it took me February... Of 89 to, Jul- to July of 91 to get on stage. Let's look at that. That's a year, right? That's 18 almost months. Two years, isn't it? That's almost two years from when I kept telling people, I'm going to do comedy. I'm just writing material. I'm writing. <laughs> that writing, that's bullshit. That's why I tell people, stop writing. You're never going to write. Just go up there. Get it over. Go up there and sing a song. I don't give a fuck what you do. Go up there and tell a story. They're going to boo you anyway, but I want you to get it out of the way. And I want you to realize that even with all the boos, you've never done anything like this in your life. Right. Even with all the boos in the room, you're never going to feel like this in all your life. I give you 10 blowjobs and put a firecracker in your asshole. (laughs) You're never going to feel like this. The feeling you're going to get from doing that stand-up and bombing... Is about any feeling you've had. You might be a little creeped out, but it's like getting smacked in the face for the first time. You walk away and go, what the fuck was that? Did I just allow that to happen? I'm going back tomorrow night. It's the same fucking thing. And, it, like, especially with open mics,
1: if you, like, people usually, if you just say it's my first time, like, as crazy as open micers can be. They love it. They're very, we're very supportive, at least for the beginning. Eventually, if you're bad, we'll make fun of you, but. The first couple of times, it's like, and I, I tell this story every time someone want, is not sure about an open mic. I did open mics at the library on Sunset, and there was a legit homeless guy with bags. Like, not just a guy living in his car. Like, a legit homeless guy who would do it before me and did better than I would. He would he was funnier than I was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, homeless people do open mics. You can do an open mic.
0: Open mics are a slash between mental health <laughs> Like, if you check bracelets at an open mic, you'll catch one guy that just got out of the insane asylum. Oh, yeah. Like that afternoon or the day before. Or a halfway house. And I, listen, man, it's the first step to get healthy. Listen, there's a lot of people who go up on stage and say some crazy shit. Yeah. But eventually they don't see that people react to it, and they start coming around. They start coming around because they know they're not winning this war. And there's guys that just show up on Mondays. I love those guys. They don't want nothing out of life. They don't want nothing. You talk to them after and They're like, fuck you. I'm going back to my job. I work at Subway. I'm having a great life. And you're like, okay. But and but they show up every Monday. They don't want to go on the road. They don't want to be a big deal. And it's great to see those lunatics. They come in with a handcuff on. You know, they all come in a little crazy. But, you know, it, it means something. I went to jiu-jitsu today. I could tell there was a brand new kid in there. And he had to be 100 pounds overweight. And he was running. And I'm like, look at this guy in the middle of the circle because you can't run. I run in the middle. I'm not fast enough. So I run in the middle. I just yeah. do a light jog. And I'm like, it takes a lot of courage for this guy. And after class, I went up to him and I go, bro, keep coming back. Don't let this. You'll be, you're be. going to melt through that fucking fat in a month or two. Just keep coming back. And I love it. I love when somebody, you're right. When somebody comes in and they go up on stage, I'll do for the first time. I'll go out of my way to make that verse. Because when I got on stage the first time, a lot of motherfuckers went out of their way for me, dog. A lot of motherfuckers were like, hey, man, thank you for coming down. Hey, man, keep coming back. One guy told me, he goes, you sucked on stage, (laughs) but your fucking stage presence was brilliant. Keep coming back. Hey, man, (laughs) fuck yeah. I'm going to come back. Don't worry about it. I just got to figure out how to get rid of this fucking... Noose around my neck, my (laughs) ex (coughs) wife. But I'm coming back. Don't worry about it. And that's the thing. You have to look at everything. Listen, guys, you're not going to like everything. You're not going to like everything you try. There's no way. You might go to El Nido and go, I don't like the steak, Joey. That's fine. But you like the steak from somewhere, you know, whatever. You might try hockey. But that's okay. Give it a fair chance. And if not, my daughter quit wrestling. It upset me for two minutes because when she came to me, she came to me proper. She came to me and gave me an explanation. She goes, you know, I go to jujitsu, and, you, go, you know, I don't miss a class, but Dad didn't like it. She goes, the boys were a little rougher on me, and I didn't know what to do. She goes, if I would have known what to do, I would have wrestled them. So I saw the jiu-jitsu coach. I saw the wrestling coach at jiu-jitsu Friday, and he goes, so your daughter didn't come back up I go. You know why they do a core class here at Jiu Jitsu? Because it's not, it's not. Uh, no, you, you don't roll. You just drill. You just drill. You learn the move. You drill it ten times, and you. And let me tell you something. The first five of those classes that you go over there at Alice, you're gonna be sweating during those drills. You're gonna go, what the fuck? And that's gonna make you come back. And and then they don't. If you don't want to roll, don't roll. We just want you to learn the system correctly so you get confidence mercy to have confidence so she goes what i want to do is start going on wednesday nights after basketball to that place because they teach you from scratch fine fine i can dig with that she's stuck with baseball she's stuck with basketball she's stuck with the drums till the end of class this year she told me that i don't like the drums i don't like how they play them there they play like you know yeah, she don't want to do that. She wants to play the Rolling Stones, you know, so.
1: It's hard to do something when you're not good at it. That's one of the, my my biggest uh, weaknesses is if I'm not good at something, I'm. it's very hard for me to try to do it.
0: Yeah, but let's take it back to the conversation. Nobody drives to an open mic on a Lamborghini. Right. So when you try something for the first time, you're not going to be good at it. If you think something up, like last night we were surprised. Mm-hmm. We went bowling. I have not bowled. 20 years since Houston, Night, uh, we used to go to midnight bowling after the gigs and eat brownies. There'd be a heavy metal band, fucking lights and shit, tremendous. I haven't bowled. So when I went there last night, there was no expectations, but also of a sudden I threw a strike. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. I st- You know, I had to get back to the first two were terrible. I thought my arm was going <laughs> to fall out. I thought my knee was going to connect. The, the, the shoes were slippery. But you go back there and you and you did it. I didn't expect that. My expectations were low. Right, your expectations are low. I didn't expect, you know, to sell out the bowl, you know, to throw 10 strikes. I threw one or two. And I'm like, okay, now I got it. I might go back. I might go back and start bowling again in the league on a Monday night. Why not? I'm at that age that this is what it's all about. You take the hits off a joint and you go. You're not going to be good at everything, guys, at anything, the first time you did it.
1: But there's a difference. And I think bowling is similar to stand-up because – you and usually at your first couple open mics you'll get a laugh or a chuckle at least. It might I'm not you're not gonna get not gonna get a standing ovation, but like I I think I got f- at least two or three gutter. I've never I've bowled with those big balls like three times in my life. Where I grew up it was all candle pins, so I don't I don't know how to bowl. But I when like when I got a couple pins I was like oh shit I was, yeah. I was like. I can understand, like, but I think the difference maybe with Mercy, and I don't know, she's tough, so she probably did, but, like, if you're getting, like, not beat up, but if you're getting constantly pinned in in wrestling and not seeing any improvement, I could see her being, like.
0: Yeah. You know, and she didn't, I don't think, she just wanted to learn the fundamentals, and they taught them real quick, and, like, she went to Tupac to, like, you're wrestling on Saturday. She's like, no, I'm not. Oh, in, like, a match? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, yeah. She's like, no, no, she wanted to learn the basics. shes I'm the same way. I'm the same fucking way. I don't want to go in there until I learn shit. That's why I took a stand-up comedy class for $31 in Boulder. And then when I got a little into it, when I came here two years later, I took another eight-week class because I don't know everything. Nobody knows everything. I feel better. Like when I lift weights. You know what? 20 years ago i go into a gym I didn't give a fuck now I don't want to lip by myself I'll pay you Mike just to watch my form cause I don't want to get hurt and then I can't do anything <clears throat> so I'd rather give you the half a yard and we lift together and you just watch my form and tell me Joe you're not doing that Joe Joe Put that weight down, Joey. You know, my fucking... Put that down! You I want you back here on Wednesday. You follow me? There's a lot of things I'll do at my age now that I can do by myself. But there's a couple things like lifting and all that. Jiu-jitsu. There's a lot of the people in the room. So, on they, jiu-jitsu, I hear it all the time. Joey, breathe. Oh, really? One of the old guys <laughs> from the other side will go, Joey, I see your face. You're getting red. Breathe, you fuck. But... You know, when I went into for jitsu I didn't fucking. I was like, what the fuck? The first time I did a hip escape, I thought my world was going to end. And then they wanted you to do 30 yards of them. And I remember getting up going, I'm going to fucking die. Remember that kettlebell class we used to go to? Yeah. I thought we were going to fucking die in that class. That was not a good kettlebell class, that knucklehead. <laughs> but But then we went to the Irish dude. Yeah, in the yeah. Bronx, and he was the real deal. Holyfield, you went in there, you knocked it out in twenty minutes, and you went home. And he taught it the right way. He taught you from fucking scratch. He did the. Remember, he'd make you bend over and teach you. That's what I like. I like that.
1: And I think there's a difference because I was trying to think of the difference between the two classes. And like, there's confidence, and then there's like, I don't know if bravado is the right word, but like arrogance. And like, you can be confident in your stuff, but if you're overconfidence, is a bad thing too. Like, you don't have to, like, do the most or or do this, the biggest weight. Like, we didn't, like, Irish didn't care what weight we were using.
0: No. He just wanted you to show up and do it by the time. Remember, he would time me. He put the your form. He form. put the fucking workout on the board for you and shit. You did it on your own. There were other people in there, and he was in there. And he would watch. He'd put me in the corner with the chubby fucks. There was yep, one right, guy there it? that was fucking strong. The guy with the beard, there was some strong motherfuckers. It was a strength gym. It wasn't like a, you know, let's let's drink a smoothie. It was a fucking high-pull fucking TRX and kettlebells. But to get back to you, listen, man, we're not good at it. Mike, when you came here and we did the videos, you figured it out. You didn't take a video editing class or a fucking, you didn't go to NYU or nothing like that. We figure it out. First couple weeks is a little scary, like anything else in life. It's like, what the fuck am I doing? But then you figure it out, and you you do a couple things, and now you start picking up confidence, and you go, holy shit, I did that with what I read there. Can you imagine if I really put my mind into this? And there you go. You're not going to be good at everything, guys. I still regret quitting the bass when I was a kid. I love rhythm and all that shit. I just, the bass player just stands there. <laughs> like a fucking ganook. The but then dance. five years later, Rudy Sarzo showed up, right. on Ozzy, and I am like, "Oh shit, this is what this it could be."
1: Birthday
0: oh, thank you, Uncle
1: bro.
0: Rudy, Pitt. Oh shit, he's coming May third. We're all going. Yeah. yeah, we're all going to see Rudy Sarzo. He's performing. Yeah, MJ Pack up the nice. corner here.
1: Oh, awesome. What like what else? Because I, I mean, you were saying like it's just a number, but I, you're right. I think every ten, like those ten. And fives are, like, big. Like, What else does, like, 60 have you think about?
0: It really had me thinking about where I've been. Like, where did these years go? I had to break it down, to be honest with you. I broke it down into 44 years without my mother. Fuck. All right, I broke it down into that. Not to be a fucking dickhead, but just, I had it. Yeah. I had it. And then 44 years, what the fuck have I accomplished in 14, 44 years? What did I do in 44 years? You know, forget about the failures. I can't count all those motherfuckers, but you can count a couple of little things that meant a lot to you, you know? So it was great. I do, listen, man, I never wanted to go to prison, and it was very embarrassing. But if that's what made me into a man, I guess I'll do it again. If all those little failures built me up to here, I have no regrets about them. You really don't because they worked. Obviously, something worked. Dog, I'm still pissed I didn't join the Army over a fucking blood test. Over a blood test. Over a fucking blood test. Right now, I would have been getting four grand a month fucking from the, with full insurance for the rest of my life. I would have been on it for the last 20 years. And I still could have done stand-up. Nothing would've. Have. Well, if I would have been in the army, it would have been like prison. I would have still been cracking jokes in the army, right? And one of those fucking guys would have said, "You should be a stand-up when you get out of here." Like uh, Gary Owen was in the Navy when he started stand-up. I don't
1: know that. Yeah, was... yeah, I guess.
0: But... And I would have been getting four grand a month plus fucking insurance, and I could do what the fuck I want to do. So who I fucked up? <laughs> I fucked up. If you're a listen they... The Army right now, the, the services, they fucking missed their annual quota Quota by 60%. People are not joining up. Yeah, this woke society is not joining up. And this woke, star, out of all the societies that need the fucking military, it's this one. I'm seeing kids that are 21 that have no muscle in their body at all. They've been working on Z-Boxes, whatever the fuck that is. As Xbox. Z-Box. Well. Bo- I don't know. Uh, you know, they've been doing that for 20 fucking years in college. Yeah. There's a lot more of those kids than what they are athletes, like built kids. Moms are taking <clears throat> kids out of football. <clears throat> After what I've seen the last couple of years, it's real. CTE is real. Oh, so, yeah. There's a degree of what you want to do, especially in an early age, you know, especially in early age. So we're taking, you know, right now, the most hated thing in our society is toxic masculinity. People want to hate that, but they don't know that without toxic masculinity, if we didn't have toxic masculinity, we would have been fucking slaves to the Russians and the Chinese 200 years ago. 200 years ago, because you need a couple, as bad as he was, as bad as a person as he was, I'm not, you need a Christopher Columbus to balance out shit in life. You need Genghis Khan's, and it just happens. I'm not, you know, but think about it. What are we talking about?
1: About like, <laughs> You're talking about, like, they, people hate toxic masculinity. Yeah, they hate you, toxic you, you masculinity. need the army because of the
0: blood So dust. right now, what do we need in this country more than everything? We need strong men we need strong men you you watch what's going on with men the numbers testosterone is going down in young men i mean it's just going down listen i i went up and down in my life i'm not proud of having a little bit of toxic masculinity but jesus christ i was born with two balls and a cock what else do you want me to act like you want me to walk around with a tennis racket you know i mean think about it guys God blessed us with two balls and a fucking cock. And on the other side, he made women that are fucking beautiful objects. Beautiful objects for what they are. You know, there's some people. I'm not saying men have to throw men out the window to survive. But sometimes you need some men to lead other men. Some people are fucking lost in life. I was lost for a long time. All these old people that I dropped their names growing up, they would fucking influence me. They influenced me with a word or an action or something to that effect. But right now, for you not to join the Army the way the world is going, if you're a real fucking American, are you fucking retarded? Are you fucking an idiot? The Army needs young men more. And listen... The young men need the army more than they've ever fucking needed, cause I don't know if you checked, man. Shit's getting rough out there. Yeah, shit's getting rough and competitive. They're talking about why a kids going to college, bro. We're, we're in a fucking standstill right now. You know, you're gonna drop three hundred thousand for a college education and be on a job search for two years of your life. Nobody's going to learn the trades. The army needs fucking savages more than ever now. You could write your own ticket. You could pay for college. You could do so much. Who gives a fuck that you give yourself for 20 years? You're going to give yourself to some bullshit anyway you're going to give yourself to some fucking company that don't give a fuck about you anyway. These motherfuckers don't give a fuck about you, but guess what? If you do the job you're supposed to do, you're going to travel the world, which you would have never done on your own or with credit cards. Yeah, under somebody else's umbrella, but you're still fucking traveling. And in 20 years, when you're 38 years old, when everybody else is just getting warmed up, you're walking around with 4000 a month, insurance out the fucking gazoo, benefits out the gazoo, and they'll pay for you for a master's fucking degree. Now, 20, 30, 40 years ago, when I was 18, I blew off the fucking blood test, there were more options for 18-year-olds. Obviously, I jumped on one of the options, but today, there ain't that many fucking options, guys.
1: But could they? Do you think they could? Because I'm not even gonna put it on the kids today. I'll put it on myself. Me at 18, I I think I would have lasted 30 minutes. I don't think I would have made it through the haircut of basic training. I'm talk. I would. I, 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 like, I don't think I like. Could they turn? If, if people were signing up, could they turn them into soldiers? I don't think I could be a soldier in like in a million lifetimes.
0: What's a soldier? What's a soldier? What's the big thing about being a soldier? Some soldiers kill. Some soldiers work on computers. Some soldiers drive tanks. Some soldiers become medics. I could do anything. So there's different qualifications for being that. You know, (laughs) listen, man, how the fuck is the army off by 50% or something? One of those, I saw this maybe a month ago or two, that they're really, you know, because we're woke. We're very fucking woke, you know, and we, I don't know. I don't know what it is. But, I see the shape of some of these young men and I'll tell you man I didn't have a lot going for me at 18 through 21 but I did have something going for me I had balls and I took chances and I didn't give a fuck about picking up a phone and I didn't give a fuck about walking up to a job site and going hey man you need a laborer uh, no come back in a month how about I work for a week for free and prove to you how fucking good I am and if you don't like me after a week you, know you don't have to fucking pay me you think people do that today
1: no yeah so like you i think you could have been molded i guess i don't know if that's the right word but you know i think they could have made you into a soldier
0: absolutely absolutely because i always wanted to shoot somebody <laughs> so it would have been easy yeah that's the only it would have been easier for me to become yeah. a soldier cuz now i could shoot people with 200 other white dudes i'm in i'm in we're all going to shoot you at once with little helmets on this shit fuck yeah You know, I would have learned to jump out of a helicopter. I mean, listen, man. You go up there and you think about it. You're sitting there with eight of the guys. Guess guess what? The biggest guy with all the muscles and veins, he's more scared than you are. With all those muscles and veins, he's just as scared as you are. He's talking shit. I can't wait to get up to 8,000 feet. But now when he gets up there, he's trapped. He's fucking trapped. He got to jump. He's been talking shit with those muscles. And here you are just as scared. And it's like anything else. The guy looks at you and goes, one, two, three, and he throws you off or whatever the fuck they do. <laughs> and I guarantee you, three oh. seconds into it, you're like, holy shit, I'm happy I got out of fucking New Jersey. Holy shit, I'm happy I got out of Iowa. Fuck them punks. Holy shit, I'm happy I got out of Seattle. Fuck Kurt Cobain and Pearl Jam. I think as soon as the parachute opens, you like, at oh, me. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> and either you want to do it again. And wait a second. I talk to you. You mean to tell me <laughs> I could jump out of a plane, land, and shoot a motherfucker? Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: Deal. We'll, we'll learn how to jump out of a plane. And you going to pay me? Are you going to pay me? Yeah. 800 a fucking year. You know, you ain't going to make no money. You ain't going to make no money. But that's the truth. That that's how you become a soldier. So, yeah. you know, I, I think that we could all. They could have all molded you. Listen, it's like jujitsu. It's like anything else. Ten people go in, seven people come out. And they depend on those three people rotating. Are you
1: allowed to quit the Army once you sign up?
0: I I think you could come up with something. You're scared of the dark. (laughs) You know, (laughs) you you join the (laughs) Army. You you know, they they allow transgenders (laughs) now, right? They allow transgenders. They allow gays in the military. They allow everything in the military, and what the fuck are you doing at home with two balls and a dick between your legs, watching TV, thinking about going to technical college? Lying to yourself, <laughs> lying to yourself. Who didn't lie to myself? I lied to myself. Now. I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be a chef. I'm gonna be a painter. I'm gonna be this. I'm gonna be that. Look, I ended up a fucking shithead comic. So obviously, so yeah. What the fuck, guys? Go for broke. I mean, I, I would join the army today if I could. I would definitely fucking try it. Not now at 60. I'm not jumping out of a plane, but 18? What the fuck did I have to lose at 18? What the fuck do any of you motherfuckers have to lose at 18, 19, or 20? Nothing.
1: It seems like and 20 years seems like a long time at 18. That's all I Yeah,
0: but at. how old are you right now?
1: Yeah, I'm 34. And, and that, okay. now looking back out you're like, oh, How wow, many I've years ago up. did
0: you quit college?
1: Um, Let's see, 12?
0: The four years of college is 16.
1: I'd be four years away. Right
0: now, you'd be four years away. And they probably got a program that they'll let you out in 38. You take 10% less. And then you go to fucking one of those international countries and work security because they're going to give you another $300,000 a year plus the pension you're fucking getting because I hear all these people that, that are taking pre, they're getting out of it with 38, 37 years now. Because they take a pay in their pension, but they go get another job for 300000 a year working security in Iraq, fucking Iran, whatever, fucking, yeah. uh, you know. So there's so many opportunities for you. So think about it. What you did. I'm not, dog, I'm not, I'm I'm just telling you for the guy at home that's sitting there scratching his head going, I I listened to 2,000 podcasts and I'm still not funny. Well, (laughs) you know what? I don't know what to tell you. It's not going to work out like that. You got to get on stage and make it work for you. I've been doing my podcast for 20 years and I got 12 listeners then. Time to join the Army. They got a podcast program in there. They'll rock your fucking world in the Army, you know. (laughs) That's just me here, guys, talking. I know that's what I would do in today's world if I didn't have a high school diploma, if I was struggling, if I was just going to go out in the workplace to make the small 15 an hour and struggle the rest of my life. I'm going to maybe get a job for two years, maybe get myself. The good thing now is you have these night courses. You can take computer courses online. I don't know how expensive that is. They, have, Dude, they have stuff like Harvard, like like Ivy League schools, Put
1: not the, <coughs> not, not the entire... Uh, Curriculum. School, but they'll have classes on there for free.
0: I'm you thinking can do a lot. for free. Mm-hmm. Hey, you just don't
1: get like. A you don't get credit, stuff. but you can do the class. Mm-hmm. What kind of classes? Uh, I saw some coding ones. They I, like I, I don't I didn't even really look fully into. Them. I'm sure they have history and they have there's stuff you can find every and and even on top of that like I looked at I I, I took a a commercial acting class. I've never taken like an actual acting class. I've never taken, like, a. didn't take a stand-up class, but I've never even taken, like, storytelling. And you can take stuff. I don't know how good they are, but if you you learn one or two things for a couple hundred bucks.
0: You know, it's funny. When you take those classes, people, I get a lot of emails from people. Hey, I heard you talk about this guy, and he's teaching a comedy class in Minneapolis or something. I've spoken to a lot of people like that. And listen, man, there was a time, Honestly, when I thought those things were a scam, I, I really have to be honest with you guys. But over time, I learned something that everybody has their own definition for the art of stand up comedy. And in eight weeks, if you take a class that's three hours a week, and maybe they give you a little homework, they make you watch comedy or whatever, guess what? I'm not talking, I don't want you to pay $10,000 for a comedy class. I don't give a fuck. If fucking Chappelle's teaching it with Mm -hmm. Phyllis Diller and fucking, you know, and Jerry Seinfeld. I'm not paying you $10,000. But I will give you a couple hundred if I'm serious about this career. Because if I take one thing from the class, Mm -hmm. they're going to teach eight weeks. And that's eight things you should take from the class. But forget about that. If I could take one thing from the class, it was worth my money. If I take that and apply it to the rest of my career, that thing that he talked about, it's worth it. And then when you, as you grow in the, in whatever field you're picking, you know I can't imagine being like a mediocre guitar player, and a band picks you up, okay, and you're like, I watched the Molly Crew movie again the other night. I couldn't sleep one night. That's one of my favorite rock movies. And they had that original guitarist at first. And mm-hmm. then uh Mick came in and threw the guy out. I don't know if it's a, mm-hmm. a real story or not. But I guess I bet that happens a lot. Where a guy comes in, he's a medium guitar player. Yeah. If you got a cool lead, he'll take you under his wing. You know, I think I always think about like uh the guy from Journey. He was sixteen in a band. Mm-hmm. Neil Sean was in somebody's band at 16. Yeah. Santana, he was in somebody's band at 16. 16. 16. I'm going to give you a shot. But I guarantee if I take a 16 year old into my band, I'm going to school that motherfucker. And he's going to get schooled by the bass player. He's going to get schooled by the drummer. He's going to take one thing from that band. Even, you know, it it just, I, I think about those things. There was, oh, little Stevie Winwood. When he sang with traffic, I think it was traffic. Dun, 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 Not traffic. And it doesn't matter. Yeah, traffic. Doesn't matter. You know, he was 16. Little Stevie Winwood. 15, 14. Stevie Wonder was little Stevie Wonder. You know, when you go into those places, everything gets removed. You're not a kid no more. You're one of me. We're not kids, and I'm not an old man. You gravitated to me because I'm an old man, but we're an equal. And I will take you under my wing. And, you know, and you see it all the time. When you watch old live concert videos, you know, you see guitarists looking at each other and they wink or whatever. You know, take a breather. Mm-hmm. I know you can't play this lead. I'll You're take high. it all. That's
1: so funny. Yeah. But, like, don't, do you think maybe to take it back to, like, the Army thing, maybe that's why some people aren't signing up for it? Like, there's just, a, there are a lot more options now. Like, maybe people who are going to join the Army are doing UFC stuff now. Like, there's like. Like and you, but there is something that you could like. Everyone could find something that like they're passionate about. Listen,
0: the army isn't for everybody, and I wasn't saying it. Like, Why do I'm I just, know that? But I'm, just I'm just saying in today's world that the army's light. It's not a bad idea to join if you're no. young and you have nothing going on. I think this. Listen, I failed at twenty things early on. I wasn't good at any of it. But let's get down to basics here. Eventually, I found it. Mm-hmm. I lucked out. I was one of the very fortunate that I found what I loved and I pursued it for as long as I could. Just because you don't join the Army or go to college doesn't mean you're going to fail. I've never said that. No. I've never said that in my life. You're not going to fail. But I'd rather you be a little bit more prepared. You might, you know, you might start as a roofer, work yourself up to a, a fucking team captain, the head roofer, six years, and now the world's the limit. And I saw that with the car business. I saw people walk in from the car business from working at McDonald's. And they just got a niche for selling. They did it professionally. And they make six figures a year with no high school diploma. And they build on that. Anything could be done, bro. You control your own fucking destiny. If you want to eat dog food, you eat dog food. If you want to eat lobster tails, you eat lobster tails. It's all your decision what the fuck you want to do. I mean, it really is. It's you saying, "How much of this shit can I take?"
1: And how far, like how much you're willing to try? Because do you think sometimes, like if people don't find, not I'm not saying everyone's gonna find it, but if someone's stuck, if someone's listening to or watching this and feels stuck, did, are they not trying? Did they not try enough?
0: You fucking start every day. You know, I quit snorting coke in 2007, but I started in 2003. <laughs> <laughs> So for four years, that's the last time I'm going to do blow. I'm going to go the right way. I'm going to do this. It was just verbal diarrhea. And I knew it. You don't think I knew it? I was saying it. You knew I knew it, guys. But again, we're back to the situation of how many times can you get kicked in the balls? How many times can you end up homeless? How many times can you end up in jail? How many times do you end up doing? what's What's the definition of insanity? Doing something over and over again, yeah. Expecting different results. Right there. After the third strike, you're like, I got to figure it out. And trust me, I've stuck around for nine strikes. (laughs) I've stuck around for deep, deep failure. But how long? That's what you say to yourself. You know what, man? I can't eat another potato sandwich. It's time for me to get a fucking job and get my life together. You know what? I shouldn't be sleeping in my sister's basement. You know? It's time for me to get a fucking job. You know? Uh, yeah, there's tons of rehabs. You go to get help. No better rehab than you fucking waking up in a hospital room. You know, Nicky Six, OD'd, died, brought him back, went home and shot up again. And that time passed out, blood came out of his arm. He woke up and he goes, no, I'm going to fucking rehab with the rest of Motley crew. And they went on to do like two or three great fucking albums after he killed the fucking guy in the guitar. You know, whatever, the singer from whatever the fucking name is. I get all emotional here. But it's true. It's how long am I going to continue to take this? How long am I going to continue to wake up every morning with no money in my pocket because I spent every dime on cocaine last night, and now I got to tell Terry that the check got lost, that they're going to send me another check. After a while, she's going to go, Joey, how many checks are you going to lose? That's why after a year of dating, she started going to the gigs with me. And she would take the check from the promoter because she's like, these checks don't make it home. Right. (laughs) Do you understand me? So how many times it's up to you on how many times you're going to tolerate this lifestyle before you go, you know what? I'm moving on to the next fucking avenue. She's going. He's going. The dog is going. My mother's going. I'm going for it. That's what motivates. That's what got it to me. It wasn't a specific word. It wasn't a specific fucking situation. It was, how long can you sleep on this fucking stinky pillow? You know, I used to have a blanket I bought in 1984. I bought it at Walmart for 20 bucks. It was like a tiger. That, that It was the same blanket that I lit the guy on fire, the homeless guy. It was like <laughs> polyester or something. You could tell those blankets. You're like, man, if somebody smokes a joint, I'm busting into flames. I bought that fucking blanket in 1984. I had that blanket on the road. I had that blanket till 1998. Jesus. And that was the only blanket I had. And it smelled so bad, guys.
1: You want not wash it?
0: I'd wash it once a year. I didn't even know you washed a fucking blanket. <laughs> I didn't even know where to start. But I remember that, that blanket being in the back of my car when I was living in my car. When, before my apartment got towed. My nice little condo. And that's when you lost the blanket? That's when I lost that blanket. Uh. I thought about that blanket a couple nights ago. I still remember going, what am I going to get my life? I still remember sleeping with that blanket on, on Vista, having that blanket over me in the, back, in the front of a car, with the sunroof up and jerking off. You know how many times I jerked off on that blanket? That's why it smelled. Because there must have been a thousand ghosts in that fucking blanket. It was just a ghost, but it smelled like cum. Cum, sweat, reefer. A little crunchy. And I still remember jerking off on that blanket and coming in it and going like, how many times can I come on this blanket? Like this blanket, this tiger should be pregnant by now. (laughs) How many fucking, like when am I going to get a new fucking blanket? Uh, And that's when the car got towed, and I ended up getting a new blanket. But my point is that it's shit like that. That's the shit that you should, you know. And then I'll tell you what really bothers me. It's when you fuck yourself over is one thing. But you really got to get your life together when you start carrying over to somebody else's life.
1: And you're fucking over their life?
0: Like when I first met Terry. And we'll get to that situation some other time. You know, because you care about that person and now you're like, I can't do that to that. Like when I met Terry, I made a decision. I can't carry her over into my problems. She can't handle it. She's not from that school. She doesn't understand that. And I remember a friend of mine came on one day and accused me of robbing his watch. And he fucking woke us up and I'm like, You come to my house for this shit. He was a good friend of mine. I mean, you come here to but He didn't like that I had a girlfriend and he didn't. And he didn't like that I was rocking and rolling with comedy. And he wasn't, so he to, to like take me down, he came over. I stopped talking to that. He, he found the watch. Of course. He accused me of it, and then he, and then he started wearing I'm like, dog, I think your watch was missing. Oh, I found it in the toilet. I'm sorry, but you never apologized to me. <laughs> you fucking loser motherfucker. He's somewhere in Idaho now I'm telling people he's a producer.
1: <laughs> he's still fuck fucking,
0: him. fuck him. But yeah, you just get sick and tired of being sick and tired. And, and that guy coming
1: over and Terry seeing that helped you realize?
0: Yeah, I couldn't have her in my life. I stu- You know, there was a time when every afternoon, about 1 o'clock, three times a week, I would hit Terry up and go, hey, can you put $20 in my ATM account? I have $8 in there, and I want to get a bag of reef for 20 How many times I did that? A wife, a girl. No, she wasn't even my wife at the time. She was a girl I was dating. You know how many times I did that? How many times can you do that before you go? It's time I got to get it fucking together. I'm asking my girlfriend for 20 bucks for weed. I, I, I'm from the old school. I'll give you money to eat. I'll pay for your rent. I'll put gas in your car, but I shouldn't be paying for your luxuries. I should never be paying for your luxuries. That's where you come in. If I take the time to cover your rent and, bro, you can eat here, do whatever you want. But I can't start giving you wheat money for cocaine. (laughs) Now you're fucking with me. Now now you're bringing me into this. So that's when it becomes a problem, and that's when you got to go. You know what? It's time to fucking strengthen my game, and I got to do something with my fucking life.
1: And what do you think to close it out? Like, what do you think was that final straw, or was did you have a bunch of final straws that like
0: made you split? A bunch of them. A bunch of them. You know, yeah, I was doing movies and I was doing spots and I was opening up for Rogan, but I wasn't fulfilled because I was doing coke and I just couldn't reach my potential. No, I wasn't fulfilled. I was sick of that. I was sick of being a horrible, I was sick of not having the ability to earn money. Because after a while, I stopped, like, listen, in LA, whenever I got into a bind, I sold an eight ball. I sold a couple of eight balls. I knew some guys that were always looking. I'd set them up during the week. Hey, man, you got to try this Coke. you know? <laughs> you know, So I I could always make a living. But then came a decision. I couldn't do that no more. Right. And I stopped doing that. I still remember selling a pound of weed to an agent Jesus. from Hack Me Agency. He was my theatrical agent. And I'll never forget selling the pound of weed and leaving there and going, one of the cops going to pull me over. Like, that's an undercover cop. But I needed... The $200. Like, I really needed that $200 fucking dollars, And I just decided I couldn't do all those things no more. That was it. I was getting to a different age. I'm rocking and rolling. I'm, I'm friends with Joe. I'm friends with these other people. And they're going to see my name in the paper for selling a pound of weed to fucking an agent. I need that in my fucking life. Now, right. let's scrap it down. Let's start from the scratch. Let's work this a little harder. You know, there was a point I quit stand-up. 2009, I quit stand-up. For how long? I, six months. I just Wow. I was like, I'm just going to work when Greg Garcia calls me or one of my friends calls me. I'll open up for Joe, but I'll get a job selling cars. And then I failed the drug test. <laughs> so, so.
1: so they brought you back in. And
0: then the podcast thing came in. Yeah. No, and, I- and once the podcast world came in, I had a little bit more hope because I could tell my story
1: and that what, what is blowing my mind right now is just like because you think there's going to be like one rock bottom or one decision but there, it doesn't sound like there is it sounds like there's like one decision that gets you this far and then you have to make another decision and like it's just like it's a, like it's a lot of small ones which is frustrating because you think like I'm, I'm so close maybe
0: you always are that close and it's just a decision away think about it you're always that close it's just a decision away You're always that close. It's just tightening that one screw. Oh fuck, I did that, you know. Holy shit, I didn't look at it from that perspective. Maybe walking away from it and attacking it back. Like I walked away from jujitsu for two years. I just like if I do this again, this is how I'm gonna have to do it. I gotta do it like this. I gotta do it this way, do it this way, I gotta lift weights, I gotta eat this way, I gotta sleep this way. So it gave me a chance. You never really fail. I I, I never talked about backing up, looking at something and attacking it from a different direction. But you got to make me a promise that you attack it and go to that direction. People take a break from things to fall back in love with things from time to time. So that's basically it, motherfuckers. We gave you a little, uh, I know it's a holiday today. Not a lot is going on, but Lee came. It's my 60th birthday. Uncle Mike's here. We're making it happen. Show them those fucking shrooms to these fucking savages. Oh, shit. Look what's back for today. I mean, we ate a bunch of them over the weekend. We were bowling last night. But we're going to eat some more. I told Mike's like, let's do the podcast Monday. I go, Mike, these ain't going to last. Get your ass up here. I want you to get a taste of this shit. Silly's chocolate, fucking tremendous, guys. I got a bunch sent to me, so... We got a little party going for a few days. And that's it, and that's that, guys. Another fun-filled Monday podcast with my man Lee Syatt on my 60th birthday, at least celebrating the birthday.
1: Happy birthday, buddy.
0: Thank you, guys. I love you. Stay black, and I'll see you cocksuckers next Monday, Tip Top Magoo. And now, for a word, my motherfucking sponsors. All right, I want to thank you, savages. Thank you for watching today. I know it's a holiday, and a lot of you motherfuckers are home, so... We wanted to make it happen to you but listen the joint is brought to you by liquid iv one stick of liquid iv hydrates two times faster than water and has five essential essential vitamins use it the first thing in the morning before a workout or on a long flight i love the concord grape that's my all-time favorite i like the strawberry I like the sour apple. I think it's sour apple, but it's like green apple. It's fucking delicious. They're all good. They're gluten-free, dairy-free, and soy-free. Liquid IV contains three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. Now grab your Liquid IV in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com. Use code Joey at checkout, J-O-E-Y. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code Joey at liquidiv.com. The joint is also brought to you by Stamps.com. Stamps.com lets you print your own postage and shipping labels right from your home or office. It'll be ready to go in minutes. I've been with Stamps for over 10 years. And me and my wife really enjoy them with stamps you can easily schedule and pick up and compare carriers rates with a click of a button print postage whenever you do business All you need is a computer and a printer. Stamps even sends you a free scale so you'll have everything you need to get the party started. Now, set your business up for success. I don't care if it's small. I don't care if it's huge. When you get started with Stamps.com, that's what you're doing. Sign up with promo code Joey for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, And a free digital scale. No long term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the page. And enter code Joey. Now another one of my favorites. Because you motherfuckers are using the ball trimmer on your face. I love it. You sniff that thing And it gives you power But guess what Manscaped Just announced A brand new Beard Hedger It's cordless It's waterproof And you can shave Fucking anywhere And it gives you 20 different head cutting lengths From Mr. Clean To Grizzly Adams Who's better than you? Nobody Plus Manscaped Is throwing in Their beard shampoo And conditioner Designed to mo- Moisturize Reduce ingrown hairs And replace The natural oils In your beard Impress your lady When you finish. the off with Manscaped Beard Oil and Beard Palm. When until you rub that beard on her asshole and she loses her fucking mind. And since Manscaped wants you to have all the tools for the job, they're throwing in a beard brush and comb and scissors to make you look like Richard Gere before the operation. So get 20% off and free shipping with code Diaz, D-I-A-Z at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped.com. Use code Diaz. I want to thank Manscaped I want to thank Stamps.com, and I I want to thank Liquid IV. But most importantly, I want to thank you savages for having my back. Lee and Mike for stopping in today and making it happen. I love you, cocksuckers. Have a great week, and I'll see you next Sunday. Tip top, Magooie Louie.